Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Hold your chair with me, though. We're going to talk this morning about honoring God. Let's go over here in Ecclesiastes. We're going to talk about honoring God in the praise. In praise and worship. Amen. And then I said today I want to pray for people that that have musical gifts and abilities. If you would like for me to lay hands on you, I feel like God spoke to my heart. And he said he wanted to stir up that gift in you. Amen. Amen. To stir up that gift in you and that ability in you. Amen. And and to be uh, as full of speaking as I can. Um, God's going to do some work on the inside of people that have those types of callings on their lives. Amen. Amen. Because praise is important to God when you go into heaven, there's music going on all the time. Amen. And there's praise going on all the time. Amen. Uh, It's so important to God that he created Lucifer. Amen. He He created a being, an angel, an archangel. His name is Lucifer. To be the praise and worship leader in heaven. The Bible said he had instruments on the inside of him. It was created with music on the inside of him. Everything you see on this platform and things that, and not on this platform, and things to come in any kind of orchestra that Satan, he wasn't Satan then, he was Lucifer. And he had all of that ability on the inside of him. Amen. And uh, I believe one of the number one tacks. The enemy has against humanity is to turn that gift and ability uh, against God. Amen. And use it for himself. And so when people have a gift like that, um, you got to be careful because you could have a tax on your life because of the power of worship and praise. Amen. And um, I wanted to uh, to talk to the whole church today about praise and worship. I I grew up traditionally in a in a church, a uh, denominational church, and it was the church of the first cold church. And uh, we sang in that church, but nobody was allowed to move in that church. If you, I don't care if the Spirit of God did come through that church, and somebody hit a lick that day, and the Holy Spirit came in there, and you said amen, everybody in that service going to look at you. Because you have just seen, like to me, I was learning that you were breaking rules if you made a noise in service. Amen. But the Bible talks about praising God with a loud voice, amen. We're going to look at some scriptures today. And so uh, when, I, when I went to church, I would not move. I would not express myself in any form of praise because uh, my, my worship culture had taught me uh, to be still in church. And there is a time to be still, but not all the time. Come on now. You don't come to church and be still all the time. Amen. And, um, and so... Uh, uh, I didn't understand what the word of God had said about praise and worship, so I, I never I never moved because I thought that was what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be still at church. <clears throat> and so um, I moved on from that church. I grew up, and one morning I got up and said, Mom, I'm going to go to this different church this morning. And I went over to Cynthia's father's church. Well, at Cynthia's father's church, man, they don't know how to be still. And, man, they're going to sing all day long. But I'm telling you, man, when they sang, my God, I want to run around the church, but I know you weren't supposed to move. So I just sat there and contained myself because, man, I'm telling you, they would, man, they had some songs, man, they would sing. My God, I just want to jump up and shout and run, praise God. 
But I want you to know something. When, when those types of things come on the inside of you, that is a response to your creator. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I want to help you with that because a lot of times people restrain it. You may have had the same problem I had. I was restrained. And then I met Dr. Michael Jacobs after that. And we would go to church, and that was a spirit-filled church. And then they would sing in the spirit. And they would pray in the spirit and they would sing in the spirit and they would lift their hands and everybody would be lifting their hand. And I said, I'm not used to this, so I would come to church late on purpose. Because I'm going to wait till they get done with all of that and then I'm going to come in and hear the word. Man, the word was setting me free. And so finally one day he taught a message on praise and worship. I love Dr. Jacobs. He just, I mean, the way he taught me the word of God and the application to my life was so important to me. That I cannot, that's invaluable what I've learned from him. And I learned the lifting of my hands was like the evening sacrifice is what I'm going to show you to God. And I realized there wasn't nothing wrong with me lifting my hands. I was worshiping my creator. I was worshiping the God that was blessing me, healing me, and keeping my family safe when I was lifting my hands. I learned that it was okay to dance at church because God said praise him with the dance. Amen. And so even to kneel down before him and to bow down before the Lord, all of it was God. All of it was man's response to God's goodness in his life. Amen. And I'm going to show you today that praise is a way that we show honor back to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And somehow, and I don't know if that's been your experience like I was, but I was taught to be still in church. And then there's a time, there is a time, the Bible says be still and know that he's God. Um, but as the Spirit leads a service, as the Spirit moves on a service, the Holy Spirit knows what he wants to accomplish in a service. He knows the person uh, and the persons that have come into the presence of God and how he wants to touch them and how he wants to minister to them. Amen. And when praise and worship is done correctly and praise goes up before God, we're going to show you in the Word how blessings begin to come down deliverances begin to come down. Matter of fact, there's sometimes you can just enter into worship and never have a message at all. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe we're going there, folks. I believe God sent me to this city for revival. Hallelujah. To revive the lives of people. When we got young people who want to destroy their lives and, and want to commit suicide and all kinds of things, we're going to show you in the Word today that praise will begin to steal the enemy and the avenger. And the Bible said praise will cause the blessing to come down. And destroy yokes and burdens. Amen. It's a powerful weapon that the church has. Amen. Hallelujah. And God gives people with ability to function in that, in that ministry. Amen. To help people to live the abundant life. Amen. And he gives people to do that. Amen. And I believe. I believe. And I need to go ahead and say this. Um. <clears throat> When God gives you ability like that, it's so important to use that for the local church first. Amen. It's so important to use it for the local church first. Um, because there, I, I've been watching churches for almost over 30 years. Just been in church for 30 years. And a lot of times the enemy will come and try to pull those gifts and talents out of the local church. And begin to use them for secular purposes and things like that. Uh, and we want to talk about that. One of the examples I want to give you uh, that ministry of helps, music is a ministry of helps. It's to help the pastor. 
I believe it's in the book of Kings. It says, bring me a minstrel so the hand of the Lord will come upon me. A lot of times the music will cause the anointing to move in the service. And even on a man of God, it will move him into a prophetic message and move him into deliverance and move a service into deliverance. And so God wants to use in the kingdom first. Amen. And I'm saying this, I was thinking about Chick-fil-A. I don't know who the owner is, but you can't buy chicken today from Chick-fil-A. Okay, I bet you want that chicken. You're not going to get it. You're just not going to get it. Because the founder and owner decided that Sunday was the day he was going to honor God. Amen. Because it's all about honor. It's all about life. It's about people who honor God and who did. And so you're going to have to wait for Monday to Saturday to buy chicken from Chick-fil-A. And I drove through the one at Rivergate, and I was just looking at it. And I said, Cynthia, let's go over and get some chicken at Chick-fil-A. It was Sunday. I pulled up. I said, I should have known better than that. All the lights was off. <laughs> you know, the drive-around sign was off. All the lights in the building were off. There was not a car in the parking lot. Mr. Chick-fil-A done closed it down, and he honors God because he goes to church, and he is involved in the ministry helps in his local church. That man is a multimillionaire. And he shuts down his business all over the United States. Not one of them will open up. Because he chooses the day he's going to honor God. The book of Colossians chapter 3 says you ought to pick out a day that you're going to honor God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you pick out a day, make sure the day I'm here. Make sure it's one of the days I'm here. Praise God. Do not honor God on a day. Praise God. And you come here and the doors are locked and you decide you're going to honor God on Friday. And praise God we're not here. Because God wants you involved in corporate worship. You know, what is it, Hebrews 10.25? Do not forsake the assembling of yourself. Amen. The assembling of yourselves together. This, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the power of the assembly and worship too. How it changes people's lives. Now, he picked out Sunday to worship God on. Probably got other days in the week too. And uh, he honors God on those days. And I drove by his, uh, I drove by that business, the one uh, in Rivergate. Same week I went by Sunday, I went by later on in the week. When I went by, the parking lot was packed. The drive throughs was always back, backed up to the hilt. I started looking at all the other restaurants. There was places to get in them. But his was packed out. And God said this, you, when you honor me, you will miss nothing. You will miss nothing in this life. Don't make people think you're, think you're losing, amen. The people think you're losing because you're taking time out to honor God. When you're taking time out to honor God, you're giving yourself self-promotion. You're opening the door for God to promote your life and move you forward. Amen. So you can honor God on Sunday. You can come here and honor God on Tuesday. Then the rest of the week, God will, will bless your life and move your life forward. My father was a, my father was a restaurant. Um, he was a restaurant owner himself. And he had three restaurants in Nashville back in the 60s. And I was a small child. <clears throat> and I never, I, I, I didn't see him until I was four or five or six years old. I remember going into him. And uh, a couple of years ago, four or five years ago, and I didn't know this thing. Mama tells you stuff slow, you know. Your mama tell you stuff slowly. There's all kind of stuff going on. But they tell you things slowly. And she said, Mama, she said, she said Keith, I don't know why she told me. She said, Keith. Your daddy's restaurants were thriving in Nashville. He had one downtown, one on Jefferson Street. Uh, there was a, maybe another one downtown. He had three of them. And he said he was making so much money. He was making money. Hand over fist. And I remember him sometimes small carrying money bags and going to banks and things like that. 
people in his family wanted to be like him. And he was thriving in business. He had one of the first of three soul food restaurants in, in Nashville. Praise God. If you like chitlins, man, I remember the smell of them chitlins in that restaurant. You could get it there. Praise God. And people, <laughs> people would come to those things, and, and they would go to them and just pack them out. And he was making money hand over fist. And uh, Mama said he came home one day, and he said, um, he said, I can make more money if I open up on Sunday. And she said, you ought not do that. She said, that's the day we go to church on. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't open those restaurants up on Sunday. He said, no, I can make more money. And then he started opening up on Sunday, and the pastor came to him and says, Brother Rogan, I ain't seen you in church in a while. He said, well, you know, I got this restaurant business, and I got to, uh, I got to, uh, I got to take care of that business and things like that, and I get to church when I can. And that's what he told the pastor. Mom said it wasn't long, a few months later, the best one he had downtown burned to the ground. It just burned to the ground. And that one was gone. And then as I got older and I got to one of the, the, the second best one he had, I watched it go down and down and down. Why am I saying all this? Because the Bible is true. If you honor God and you keep his commandments, God's going to bless you and he's going to promote you. And life is going to be about people who honor God and who didn't honor God. Praise God. And God wants to bless what we showed you last week. He'll bless what you put your hands to. Because you honor him and you put him first. Praise God. Just think, man, if my dad had just kept doing what God told him and blessed him with him, praise God, I would have been a restaurant too, or maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'd been a pastor or not. Maybe I'd come and preach to y'all and fry chicken on Sunday, Saturday. Preach to y'all on Sunday. I don't know. What am I telling you these things? Because it's so important to put things in proper perspective. Amen. And put things where they belong. Let's look over here and. uh in uh, Ecclesiastes, I just want to read this verse, and it says, uh, it's our foundational verse. We're teaching that praise is the way we honor God. In uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, it says, let us hear the whole conclusion of the matter. And that is to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It is man's assignment, amen, as a created being to honor God and to keep his commandments. And we said that honor is the ability to keep his commandments. When you honor God, it's not difficult to keep his commandments. Amen. And so I want to give you some verses this morning. I'm going to have you turn and look at some verses this morning on praise and worship and how it honors God. And look over here in Psalm 66, verse 2. So I'm going to work your Bible a little bit to give you some scriptures. Amen. It is so important to sing praises unto God. It is so important to give thanks unto him. The book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 18, it said, Praising God and giving thanks to him, that is the will of God. Amen. To get up every day and to thank God for his goodness. Amen. If you get up and you got health and strength in your body, and your body feels good and you have a sound mind and your family's doing good around you, there's a roof over your head, there's provision in your house. Amen. And God has blessed you. Amen. And he is to be praised and thanked for that. Amen. Hallelujah. And so look what it says over here in six, Psalm 66, verse 2. Well, let's read verse 1. It says, make a joyful noise unto God. All you lands, amen. And uh, Psalm that's 66, verse 1, it says, make a joyful noise to who? 
But I want to stop right here because I'm going to tell you something about music. It should all be directed toward him. Amen. Amen. It all should be directed toward him. And um, as we work with praise teams in, in this church and to come and the, and the praise team that is there, everybody knows that Madison, I am a stickler for the word of God. That the word, when we sing praises, it should come from the word of God. Amen. It should come from the word of God. I think some of the, the, some of the, the, the most blessed music I've ever heard from people in, in, in called into the ministry of praise and worship and songwriting are people who are properly pastored. Because you're going to be singing unto the Lord, right? And God wants his word to come back to him. Amen. We don't want to sing things that God didn't tell us to sing. We don't want to sing something that is not scripturally written in the word of God. Amen. We don't want to sing something back to him that is in error. You know, if somebody says, somebody wrote a song here just recently and it said that if you give me more of your spirit, I will devote myself to you at another level. And I'm just paraphrasing what it says. You can't sing that song back to God because he's already poured out his spirit. He's already given you all of his spirit he can give you. He ain't got no more to pour out to you. So why ain't you so devoted? You should already be devoted because he done poured out everything he's got. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places and made us heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He has nothing left to give us. So that's a bad deal for God to take. Amen. And it's not a correct song for us to sing. But when people don't, when the word is not coming forth accurately or when the word is omitted and people begin to write, they begin to write things that we can't sing back, we shouldn't sing back to God, but some people do. I won't sing it. Amen. Praise God forever. And so before we even start to praise him in the church, I'm going to sit down and teach. Amen. So people don't get mad at me. Well, he didn't like my song. No, praise God. You better be glad I stopped you from singing it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. If you ever, you ever wanted to say something, somebody stop you from saying it, you're so glad they stopped you from saying that. Because if you did, you'd been in a lot of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you praise God. There's no need for you saying going up the rough side of the mountain. God didn't ask you to go up there. There's nowhere in the Bible he told you, don't move my mountains, but give me. No, he wants to move it. <laughs> And he said, I'm giving you strength to climb. I'm going to use your strength on other things. Right. Right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You're going to have strength. We're going to use it for other things. Amen. And so a lot of times we sing things. Amen. And there's a multitude of them out there. And I pick them up. And, and, and the people over in Madison act like they can't sing nothing sometimes. Say, Pastor Rogan, you can't sing. Praise God. You know what? I believe God wants us to create our own songs. I believe, you know, <laughs> who's that wrote the blessing of Abraham? What's his name? Yeah, Ronald Lawrence. What, what did he say there? Thank you, Pastor Bill Winston. Why? Because Bill Winston's preached on the spent spent probably months preaching on the blessing, and he got there sitting there and he started hearing the blessing song, and then he began to put the blessing songs to words. Amen. When you sit on the proper words, then you can write properly written songs so that they can go up to God. Amen. I believe God wants to raise up a revival in this city. Amen. And use praise and worship and writing people to write songs that's gonna go all. Over the world. Because he said, I'm, I'm bringing revival back to Nashville. And if revival's coming back, then praise is coming back. But it's going to come back the way God wants it to come back. 
And I believe we're supposed to be a part of it, amen. That people in this house and people in Madison are going to do things supernatural with the word of God because God is going to give you the words. Just like he gives somebody a word for a message, he'll give you the words for a song. Because one is because because a song is just a message put to music. It still should be truth. I can't get up here and preach air, preach preach air, and you sing truth, or you sing truth and I preach air, or, or you sing air and I preach truth. That's not at least people with a with a divided mind, a confused mind when they leave, because music will get it. Songs to music, words to music will get in you quicker than somebody just talking to you. And that's what makes it so powerful. Amen. You go down the road and you hear something, you, you're singing a song, you didn't even know you were singing it. Just because you, it was accompanied with music, you repeating the words. Amen. And that's how powerful it is. It gives access. Music gives access to words more freely into the heart and mind of a person than somebody just saying it to them themselves. That's why we should be careful what we listen to. A praise and worship person should not listen to worldly music. Why? Because your creativity is not going to come from the world. It's going to come from it's going to come from the one that created music. Amen. Your God is the God that created music. Your God is the God that created the first praise and worship leader. The Bible says Lucifer had pipes and 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 organs and instruments all in the side of him. He could just walk out the door and be playing something for the first time creatively before God because God created it. Amen. So I'd rather go back to the creator than the perpetrator. Amen. When it comes to when it comes to doing things supernaturally, amen, with the music. He's the purpose. He's the one, he's the counterfeit. He's the counterfeit, amen. And, and but God is the creator of it. I'd rather work with the creator. I'd rather work with the one that made it than the one that is trying to pervert it. Amen. Because he's not even in the business anymore. As far as heaven is concerned. Amen. And as we honor God and put him first, amen, especially in this area, God is going to bring supernatural increase and revelation in this area. And he says, make a joyful noise unto God. The the song is to God. Amen. When it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to praise and worship, the, the, the music should go to him. It shouldn't be about us. Not if it's praise and worship. The lyrics shouldn't be about us. It should be directed to him. Amen. Why would I want to be talking to Aaron? Amen. I got a message for Aaron, but I'm talking to Pastor Cynthia. No. If the message, amen, should be directed to the one that has been prescribed for. And praise and worship is for God. It is for him. Amen. So they say sing unto the Lord. So the lyrics should sing unto him. Amen. And um, this is what he asked for. This is what we should be giving him. Sing for the honor of his name. Amen. So praise and worship and honor are tied together. Amen. Can you see that in the word? Praise and worship and honor are tied together. So I'm singing for the honor of God. I'm singing about his faithfulness. I'm singing about his greatness. I'm singing about what he's done for me. I'm singing about his provision. I'm singing about his wisdom. I'm singing about his omnipotence. I'm singing about his deliverance ability. Amen. I'm singing about the works of God. Amen. 
And I'm giving thanks for those things. And when we come into the presence of God, amen, just like we sang this morning, that kingdom come. Well, really, I, I don't want to say I want to see what you see. I'm going to say I'm going to see what you see. That's the way I would sing that song. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not what? So I'm not going to sing I want to see it. I say I'm going to see it. Why? Because he's already told me he's given me every provision. In, in Matthew 6, in, in Matthew 13, verse 16, he said, Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. So I'm not going to sing I want to do it. I'm going to sing I'm going to do it. Because he already gave me the blessing. Amen. Why would you say I want some Kentucky Fried Chicken when a bucket is sitting right in front of you? Why would you say that? Somebody going to think something wrong with you. If you got Colonel Sanger's finger looking good, chicken, sitting right in front of you, you get some of that on Sunday. But you got that sitting right in front of you in a bucket, praise God, and you don't say, I want some chicken. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this. I'm going to get me a piece of this. You don't say, I want a piece of that, unless you ain't supposed to be eating it. You ain't supposed to have access to it for whatever reason, health reason or whatever. Maybe it's not yours. But when you have access to it, you say you're going to do it. If you don't have access to it, you say, I want to do it. Amen. Yeah, that is good. Praise God. Write that down, Matthew 13, 16. He says, it is given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom and how all the kingdom is supposed to work. Therefore, we are not, God, we're not trying to get him to do anything. So I mess, even our prayers going back to him shouldn't be to try to get him to do something. Amen. That message is out there too. If you pray and you add, and you're trying to get God to appropriate something he's already done, I just prayed in error. He cannot hear that. Because I am saying you have not made provision for me. David said the table has already been prepared. It is my job to sit down and partake of the table, not get God to make another table. Amen. He's already set my table up. Therefore, I don't, it's not what I want, praise God. He's already provided all my needs. It's my job to take partake of what he's already provided. Amen. So look what it says right here. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord. Now, 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 hold your place right here because I just said something. I want to show you why I said that. Praise God. Turn over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And you go home and pray about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. And it says, now, we, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 says, we have... Now, we have received not what? Who creates worldly music? Hmm? Now, I'm talking about things that are in opposition to God. You can sing. Um, you said ABC. I'm just trying to think of a little song. You can just sing a song. You can sing a song, um, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, How I Wonder Where You Are, Up Above the Heights, So High, Sky So High, Like a Diamond in the Sky, Twinkle, Twinkle. There's nothing in that song that's opposition to God, but there's nothing in that song praising God. This is when Paul talked about 
All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. That song is not going to get you delivered. It's not going to get you blessed. It's nothing expedient about it to move you forward, but it's nothing wrong about it either. Amen. That's when God says, I give you all things to enjoy. This is when things are in direct opposition to God. Pastor Cynthia is talking about the song here this morning. It's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. And back that thing up. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Who will want you to take off all your clothes because it's getting hot in here? Why don't you turn the air conditioner on? If it's that hot. Why don't we go sit out on the shade tree? That's what we used to do in the country when it got hot in the house. We went and sat out under the shade tree and everybody got a fan. Nobody said it's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. Amen. The only person who's supposed to see you with all your clothes off is your mate. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's why the Bible said they was naked and unashamed. Yeah. Amen. When you got to hide and jump behind bushes and stuff like that, and, and, and all kinds of back and back in the corner, in the booth, in the dark, in the corner, you know something wrong. Amen. You know something wrong when you got to go back into all of that. But the Bible, praise God, I jumped off on another message now. Praise God, but that's okay. We're talking about what comes from the spirit of the world and what comes from the spirit of God. And my, my job is to be the judge of it because God is a jealous God. When I start letting the spirit of the world enter into my life, and in, especially for music people, and I let the spirit of the world enter into me, God is a jealous God. and He's going to put all of his creativity, all of his anointing, and all of his gifts back, and he's going to leave the person on their own. Amen. He only honors those who honors him. And what I'm saying this morning, that when it comes to, when it comes to, and this is, this is in other areas of life, but I'm talking about praise and worship today. Amen. I'm talking about praise and worship, and I'm talking to people that have music gifts today. Amen. All of us can sing something, but all of us can't lead. Praise God. All of us can sing, but all of us don't need a microphone. Praise God forever. Amen. But then there's people that are anointed to do this. God's put a gift in you to do this. And this is what I'm talking about today. And when it comes to those folks, if you want God's creativity, you want God's anointing. And I don't think, we've, I don't think the church has seen where God wants to take this ministry. I don't think the church, because it seems like, it seems like when, a lot of times when, when the Lord gets ready to anoint somebody in that area, the enemy comes in. And matter of fact, he does that in every calling, in every anointing. He wants to pull the number one challenge you're going to have in your life for the rest of your life and me too is stand in the perfect will of God for your life. The last thing the enemy wants is for you to stand before Jesus Christ and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now come up high, I'm going to make you rule over many. And the Bible talks about the talents in Matthew 25. And the Lord comes and he begins to give out his abilities. Some people are five talent people. Some people are two talent people. Some people are one talent people. But one thing I learned, it doesn't matter about the talents you get. All of them have the ability to double. Because if the one person takes the one talent they have and they're faithful with it, that one talent will double just like the, the ones that got five. So one goes to two, two goes to four, 
4 goes to 8, 8 goes to 16, and eventually it doesn't matter. There's the, the key to it is that I started and I kept going. I was steadfast. I was unmovable. I kept abounding in the work of the Lord, and he kept multiplying and doubling what I'm doing, and now it doesn't look different than anybody else's. Amen. And so that the key to it is stand faithful to him. He is the anointer. He is the creator. He is the God of all creativity. Amen. And when I shut down the spirit of the world, he said, we didn't receive that. It's a choice. The word receives means I didn't allow or admit that into my life. He said, we have not. He's talking about those of us that are moving in the supernatural. We did not let the spirit of the world, we didn't contaminate the spirit of God with the things of the spirit of the world. The Bible calls it mingled seed. It's called it mingled seed. It calls it muddy water. And then it gets to the part of the, because then there comes a state of confusion. And the gifting begins to diminish. The anointing begins to diminish. The desire again begins to diminish. And sometimes you don't even see people in ministry anymore. They were powerful in ministry. Some of them are not even on the planet anymore. When God intended for them to live a long life and function in a long life, we always, we always teach this in new members class in Psalms 9, 92 verse 13 and 14. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. And even in their latter years, they're supposed to be productive. They're supposed to be producing for God. Their anointing is supposed to keep working. It doesn't matter about age. Their anointings and abilities are supposed to continue to work and produce for the kingdom of God until God calls them home. They should be just as vibrant. They even should be more skillful in their gifts. They should be more skillful. They should be knowing how the Holy Ghost functions and moves and how he operates. Amen. Brother Jimmy sent me a, uh, a text last night. and He was, you know, I guess it was a Facebook message. And he was telling me about revival in Africa and how people were getting out of wheelchairs and miracles and signs and wonders were taking place because the presence of God will come into a place where people understand he's got a covenant of healing and deliverance for them and they begin to honor God and then God begins to honor them and he comes into their presence and everything that the enemy has done to break up people's lives, to harm their bodies, the curse is reversed. Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan and he begins to deliver them he begins to heal them he begins to work miraculous signs in them and it all happens because somebody's created an atmosphere for signs and wonders and miracles and the people in praise and worship call it play a major role in that play a major role in it and the enemy doesn't want anybody to establish that kind of atmosphere Church is supposed to be a place, according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 25. The Bible said if an unbeliever comes walking in your church, and then all of you are prophesying back to God based on his word, the house is in one accord, and in one place in one accord, the power of God falls in that place, and nobody will leave without their needs being met. That's why we're calling this year coming up a year of great grace. A year of great power and a year of great change to produce in people's lives. Amen. He, he, he Praise God. It caused you to be a different person. Amen. Because of the anointing. Look what he says right here. 
And this is not just for music people. This is for the whole church. But I want, because see, as your pastor, I know that it's things of this world I cannot partake of. I cannot do it. It's things I can't have on my phone. It's things I can't have on my laptop. It's things I can't have on my television. It's things I can't have when ain't nobody else around. Because God is always around. So my lifestyle has been a lifestyle of honor toward him. Not just when I get to church. Not just when people are looking. They say, well, who's the real person? The one when ain't nobody else around? That's the real you. Amen. Sometimes we, you know, we got to be careful that we don't want people to see who we want them to see. We should let them see who God created us to be. Amen. We'll be teaching on spiritual inheritance. And when you're gifted in such a way, and when you're called and gifted in such a way, I can never stop pastoring. There's no such thing as retirement. You don't come with a retirement. You keep doing what God told you to do all the days of your life. Now, I believe there'll be others come up, and I won't have to do all the things all the time. If I'm like my pastor, he's just going to move me over into a whole other dimension. Probably over in the prophet's office, over in the apostle's office. Is where this thing is going. Amen. Amen. Because he wants to keep you. Matter of fact, the older you get in this thing, and the more you walk in, the more value you become. The more value you to come to God, the wisdom and the knowledge that you have. The Bible said in in Hebrews 5, 12, we're supposed to be skillful in the word. And it takes time to get people skillful in the word. It takes time to get people skillful in the knowledge. Understanding the voice of the Holy Spirit, how to be led by the Spirit. It takes time to do that. It doesn't happen overnight to get somebody that's knowledgeable of the Word of God and skillful of it. It takes time. It takes training to do that. <coughs> Turn over here and let me finish this. He says, we have not received the Spirit of the Word, but, we, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And we can take this over into into music. God can give you music that's never been written before. Yes, it can. All of it ain't been done. All the preaching ain't been done, so all the <laughs> all of everything ain't been done. He says, I got things you ain't never seen before, things that have never entered into your heart before, things that have never entered your but I have already prepared it for the people who will honor and respect me. He says, I got things that you have never tapped into before. This ain't everything you see right now is not all of God. He's got more coming. He's got more glory. He's got more splendor. He's got more blessing. He's got more more glory coming than we've ever seen in our life. And he is waiting for the church, the right church, to put it on. Amen. You know, some people just, they just in a hurry to just get hooked up with somebody. They, they, they just, they just, just speeding to a relationship. Well, Jesus is not like that. He's very patient. Some people just got to be married yesterday. You know, they want to do everything like McDonald's just through the window. But God's not like that. He'll wait patiently on the right person to come along. He told Kings, he told Samuel, why you talk? Why you? Why do you keep praying for Saul? I'm done with him. I'm done with he will not honor me. That's where the message came from. I honor those that honor me. First Samuel 2.30. He said, he said, this guy won't honor me. So I'm done with him. 
I honor those who honor me. I'm going to find me another king that's after my heart. I'm going to find me somebody that loves me, that's somebody that will honor me. And I'm going to put my anointing on them. My anointing is coming off of him. My wisdom and strategy for the king in battle is coming off him. My wisdom and strategy for him to govern a nation is coming off of him because he will not respect me and he will not honor me. And I'm going to find somebody that will honor me. And there's a 17-year-old boy that nobody's ever seen before. The world don't even know he's on the planet. Nobody got to know you right now. You just need to know God. And you need to know his ways. And you need to know that honoring him is the key to your life. And that's why I keep teaching on it. He's out there singing praises to God. He's out there writing music nobody's ever heard before. He's out there writing songs that nobody's ever heard before. But the world is giving it on. When they brought him in, they left him out in the woods. Because if you just say Jesus, he go to praising God. So they couldn't take him in the meeting with the prophet. Samuel's coming to anoint the next king. He's coming to anoint the next king. And they brought in the oldest brother. And he was all dressed up and he was all perfumed. And Samuel looked at him and said, Surely the Lord's anointed before me. And God said, I don't want him. I don't want him. He don't honor me. He don't praise me. He honors himself. He puts emphasis on himself. He does not put an emphasis on me. I'm looking for somebody that will sing to me. About me. That's who I'm looking for. <laughs> they went through all the six brothers. And Samuel turned to Jesse and said, is there another one? He said, yeah, he's out there. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're honoring God, nobody got to know about you. Nobody got to know where you're coming from. But baby, you coming. You are definitely coming. You are coming because God is looking for people that will honor him. And he's going to move them to the forefront to bring in forth this end time revival. And they brought him in and they poured the whole oil on him. And the Bible said the anointing came on him and stayed with him. But before Saul, Saul didn't know how to sing. He wasn't a singer. But when that anointing came on him, he started singing. They said, is this Saul? Before he fell. And he among the prophets. He got among them because the anointing was on him. He started singing and prophesying. God will take your abilities to a whole nother level. But listen to what we got to do right here. He says, we need to receive the spirit of God so we can know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. Look over here. Let me show you. <clears throat> Uh, Psalm 71. Turn to Psalm 71. Let me give you another verse. Psalm 71, verse, verse, um, verse 8. It says, let my mouth be filled with your praise and with thy honor all day. Amen. So that already tells me God give me words, don't it? That already tells me that if he says, let my mouth be filled, and the Spirit of God can give me the creativity and the ability, then God is already telling me he's going to give me songs. He's going to give me words. He's going to put the anointing on my life. He's going to give me the ability because my job is to honor him. Amen? Hallelujah. But it says here, let it be filled with honor towards you. 
So as we teach on honoring God, it includes the ministry of praise and worship, and it includes the call to praise and worship for everybody. Amen. And it says that praise should be a way of life. Look over here in Psalms 145. Psalms 145. I'm just going to go through these scriptures. Amen. Real quickly, I want to give you some scriptures so you'll have a basis for what I'm saying. Because if my pastor until he went through this, I wasn't going to lift my hands. I wasn't going to move. I had to know that that was the will of God. I'm the kind of person, once I understand that that's the will of God and what he wants, then I'm on it, boss. Amen. Amen. I don't want to be ignorant about nothing, no call on my life or what I'm calling. I don't want to be ignorant, period, about anything. Jesus said, my people are strong. Was that Hosea 4, 6, for what they don't know. So I don't want to be ignorant in any area of my life. Amen. And so this is why I'm taking time out to show you the word of God because it's the will of God. Amen. And it says right here in Psalms 145, and um, it says, Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever. And anytime we see the word name, we know we're talking about honor, character, and authority. And it says right here in verse 3, God is great. Great is the Lord, excuse me. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be what? Our greatest praise should be in the church. And his greatness is unsearchable. Praise God. That means there's no end to it. And what are the songs are written about? It's written about his greatness. And if it's unsearchable, that means that means that there are songs and there's music that has never been created about God's greatness that is written to honor him. And he's waiting for somebody to honor him so that he can put those words in their mouth, in their heart, and accompany the music, begin to have it come back to him. Amen. And when you go to the restaurant, when you go to a restaurant, you, you look out in the menu and what they have available, and you pick out what you want. Amen. And then they go back, and then they bring it to you. Amen. What God does, he tells you about his greatness. He shows you the menu. Amen. That you can praise him with from the word of God. And then he anoints you and gives you the ability. And then you go back, and you put that to words, and you put that to music. And then you come back, and you minister to him. And that's what the Bible said, they that wait upon the Lord, that's what it's talking about. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they know how to wait on the Lord. They know how to serve him. They know how to bring him back what he wants. Amen. It's not for me to bring somebody. The way they don't bring you back what they would like to eat. <laughs> you know, I like this. I know you ordered this. But I like this. Well, they don't even like octopus, squid, and you got that in front of them. They can loathe that. No, let's bring God back to him what he wants. Amen. Am I helping you in it today? How often shall we do this? Turn to Psalms 119. Amen. Psalms 119. Psalms 119 and verse... Psalms 119 is one is probably the longest psalm. It's got more verses than any other in any other psalm. Psalms 164. I'm excuse me. Psalms 119.64. It says, Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteousness. So praise is a way of life for the believer. Giving thanks to God. 
I'm not going to turn there, but you can write it down. First Thessalonians 5.18. It says, it's the will of God to give thanks. That every believer should get up. You don't get up because the sun came up in the morning. I know a lot of people think they're moving because their heart beat. No, he is the beat of your heart. People think, I just got up because, you know, praise God, I'm young and I'm vibrant. No, there's a lot of young people didn't get up. Remember this guy, he was, he, was, he was a friend of mine in high school. He never wanted much to do with God, even when we went to college. And then God sent me to Indiana, trained me as a pastor, sent me back. He was one of the first persons I saw. And he was so shocked that his cousin was just laying in the bed in the dorm and died in the bed in the dorm. Never got up the next, mor- next morning, came. She's just laying in the bed, not moving. Nobody even know why she's dead. And it so shocked him that he started getting himself together and going to church. Well, I already knew that. That you don't get up in the morning just because you're a young person. You don't get up in the morning just because the sun came up. The Bible says in the book of Acts, in him we move. You're moving because he's God. You're moving because he's the all eternal, all-powerful, all-wise and knowing God. That's the reason why I'm moving. That's the reason why I have everything I have in my life. And the Bible said it is the will of you. You want to do God's will. And you want to do what God wants you to do. You want to do what God prefers. He said it is good to give thanks unto God. It is good to praise him and thank him for the things that I have in life. Amen. The Bible said one of the reasons why the children of Israel couldn't go forward in promise, they became unthankful. They began to live a lifestyle where they never thank God. What's that like in the house when nobody ever thanks anybody? And everybody just thinks everything is for granted. What is a lifestyle like that like? But there's no honor and there's no appreciation. That can become a part of a person's life. And I'm just saying this, that we need to be conscious that's the will of God for us to give thanks. Amen. Let's look down here a little bit further. I got a few more scriptures. Y'all doing all right this morning? Praise God. I'm going to give you time to say thank you to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> what do we sing about? What do we sing about? Some of the things that we sing about, I'm not going to read all these. I'm just going to call out some of these things. Um, I'll give you these scriptures. You can go home and look them up. Exodus 15, 1. When God delivered the children of Israel from the, the armies of Egypt, and tracing them through the Red Sea, the Bible says, I mean, they saw an awesome miracle that day. For an enemy that you are naturally defenseless against, that God raises up and destroys them. Amen. Miriam began to sing, uh, sing a song about their deliverance. She led the women in the song. In Exodus chapter 15. And it's saying about the triumph of God. That the reason I got through this. Is because God's ability to deliver. Showed up in my life. The reason why my family got through this. The reason why I got through this. Is because of God's delivering ability. And the moment they got to the other side. The Holy Ghost dropped the song down on the inside of them. And they began to sing it instantaneously. About the praise and the honor of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can. God is going to drop songs in us. About his deliverance. About his healing power. About his blessing ability. Amen. Psalms 13 and verse 6. 
says um, Psalms 13, 6, that we sing about the goodness of God because he deals bountifully with us. That means God is a God of increase. When God increases us, he wants us to thank him for that. When he promotes us, amen. I'm teaching a year of increase. Every year God wants us increasing, amen. And God is blessing us. We got testimonies coming up, amen. Hallelujah for New Year's Eve night. We got testimonies about people's healing, about people's promotion and people's blessing. But God wants us to thank him for that. He wants us to thank him for that. He wants us to increase. It's not a one of us. He wants us to stay the same. He wants to increase us. Amen. So he says right here, and write this down, Psalms 59, 16. He said, I want you to sing about my power. I want you to sing about my mercy. Amen. I want you to sing about my power that removes cancer out of body. Amen. I want you to sing about my power that delivers. I want you to sing about my goodness and my mercy. I want you to sing about my mercy and my kindness to you. That even though you don't deserve it, amen. Even though I've not lived a perfect life. I want you to sing about the blood cleansing you. I want you to sing about my mercy delivering you. I want you to sing about it giving you a sound mind. A sound body. A sound life. A sound home. I want you to sing about the goodness and the mercy. Amen. That's what he says right here. He said, I want you to give thanks. And then it says right here. We can sing about in Psalms 89 verse 1 that God is a faithful God. Sing about his faithfulness, Psalms 89 and verse 1. Hebrews 13, 15, it says that each and every believer should use their lips to give thanks to God. That's Hebrews 13 and verse 15. Now I want to tell you, I'm just going to give you some scriptures right here. Because praise God, in the days ahead, you may be someone in, somewhere and it all of a sudden hits you. Praise God, if it's dancing, lift your hand, I want you to do it. Over here in Psalms, <clears throat> Psalms 150 and verse 4, when I saw that, it says, praise him with the tremble and the dance. Praise him on the string instrument and the organs. And then it says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. That's Psalms 150, verse 4. God calls out all the instruments. He said, I want you to take those instruments. The enemy don't have them no more. You got them. And I want you to take them, and I want you to praise me with them. Amen. The first priority for that gifting and anointing on your life. I anointed. Mr. Chick-fil-A to make chicken and make it in a way that nobody else can make it. But I made him to honor me first. I made him to honor me first. So God says, when I give you a gifting and a talent, I want you to use that ability to honor me first. And after you honor me first, I'm going to fill your life up. I'm going to fill your life up. I'm going to fill your life up with blessing. I'm going to fill your life up with anointing. I'm going to fill your life up with my goodness. Amen? Amen. It says here, over here in um, the lifting of hands, I'm just going to give you some verses of Scripture. The dance, the lifting of hands. It says, because I I don't have time to go through all these. They're all through your Bible. Just go home and look them up. It says here, Psalms 63, verse 4, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. 
Amen. And those verses are all throughout the Bible. You just do a research on the lifting of hands. I don't have time to go in, into all these scriptures. So I want you to know when we come in here and you see people lifting their hands to God, I'll give you that verse of scripture that says it's the eve like the evening sacrifice. And um, that's Psalms 141 in verse 2. Let my prayers be set before thee as an incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. That when you lift your hands to God, you're honoring him. Because they say, well, you're just trying to be religious. No, I'm honoring God. I'm thanking him. Because what's been done in my life, no person could do it but him. And I'm giving praise and honor and thanksgiving to him. The song is such a way that it's got dance to it. Praise God. God put that dance in me. It's okay to dance at church. People say, you should be more dance, more comfortable dancing at church than you dance anywhere else. Because it's giving honor and praise to God. God created that. Amen? Not the world. And then it says right here, I want to talk to you here quickly just about the results of honoring God. Look over here in Psalm 67. I want to turn here. Psalm 67. Because I'm just about done here. Matter of fact, this is the last verse I'm going to turn to. Psalm, y'all doing okay? Psalm 67. We used to read this verse a lot. God showed me this verse. It says here, Psalm 67, 5, 6, and 7. What are the results and the benefits of praising God? What are the results and the benefits of praising God? We find that in Psalms 67, verse 5 and 7. It says, let, let the people, the people, that will be God's people, praise thee. O God, let all the people praise thee. Amen. It's important for all of us to be involved in praise and worship. I'm going to say that again. It's important for every believer to be involved in corporate worship in the local church. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important for all people to partake of the corporate praise in that service. Because if the Bible said let all the people, then God is looking for who? All the people. Amen. <laughs> the Bible tell us, I think it's in the book of Luke, I think it was ten lepers. And Jesus healed all ten of them. And nine of them walked off. And one of them turned around to give thanks to God. And what did Jesus say about that? He said, where the other nine? That means he's looking for everybody he's blessed. He's looking for everybody, amen, that has received his mercy and his goodness and his kindness and his salvation. Amen. <laughs> if God's receiving your loved ones into heaven after they're no longer here, He's worthy of praise. Come on now. When he receives our loved ones in heaven, amen, he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of thanksgiving. I can think of a whole lot of things to praise him for. But when you know that he safely takes your loved ones into heaven with him, amen, that's the time to give thanks and praise to God. I'm talking about all the things he does. But that's one of the things that's so significant about praising God. It'll give you peace and rest at night and cause you to live, amen, and not sorrow like the world that you got loved ones in heaven with God, amen, and to praise him. And guess where the praises are going? Up there where they are, hallelujah. <laughs> Set you surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, amen. It says this. It says here, then shall the earth... 
It says, when the people praise God, then shall the earth yield her increase. The church is responsible for increase in the world through their praise. And then it says, and God, even our own God, shall do what? They shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall do what? That's powerful. That my praise, the anointing on my life, and the gifting on my life, that when I send praise up, blessing comes in the earth and people begin to honor God. Amen. So God is saying, through the praise and worship and people beginning to exalt me, the ones I've blessed, the ones I've delivered, amen, the ones I've helped, amen. Then he says, then I'm going to respond in the earth. And the same way, see, prayer, praise, and worship functions the same way. The same way we taught you that the angels are sitting in heaven ready to receive your prayers. They receive your praise. And they take it in the bucket and they put it in before God and they bring it up before God and then God begins to pour blessing out in the earth. He causes his church to be reverenced in the earth. Amen. That's how it works. You remember, praise God, I believe it's Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas had been beaten and they were in jail. They were locked up in stocks. Amen. Locked behind doors. And that's a good time to quit. When you done had a hard time. In life, hard day, hard day, hard life, hard challenges are coming against your life. There's only one thing going to bring you out. You're going to have to do some honor right now. (laughs) Praise God. I need to honor God right now. Hallelujah. And the Bible said they began to send praises up. And then the Bible said there came an earthquake from heaven. (laughs) When you're praising God, God will shake your problem. Amen. He'll shake your problem while you praising him. Matter of fact, your problems are over if I'm willing to praise God right in the middle of it. If I'm willing to say you are bigger than my challenge, you're bigger than this attack against my body, you're bigger than this financial situation, you're the God who delivers, amen, and you begin to worship and praise him, God is going to send something to heaven. Soon as your praise gets to heaven, the Bible says God is covenant bound to make sure blessings show up in your life. Deliverance shows up in your life. A supply shows up in your life. That's why the Bible said it's a good thing to give thanks unto God. Why? Because good things are getting ready to come back to you. Blessings getting ready to come back to your life. Why? Because I just simply honor God. I give him praise and thanksgiving. Praise and worship to him and pray people. They're not going to be with you all week long. They just lead us when we come here corporately together. But they're giving you a head start. You get up. Psalm 6 said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because you load me with benefits today. A lot of times people don't receive the blessing of the day. It's because they don't have the praise of the day. They don't have the prayer of the day. They don't have the thanksgiving of the day. Psalm 67 obligates God. That when you send honor up to him, he's got to send it back in the form of blessing. And when people begin to see the goodness of God on your life, nobody's going to honor a church that's broke. Nobody's going to honor a church that's defeated. Nobody's going to honor a church that's sick. 
Nobody's going to honor a church that's confused. Nobody's going to do that. They will certainly honor one that's blessed. They will certainly honor one that's full of power. They will certainly honor one that's full of provision, that's full of wealth, that's full of grace, that's full of ability, that's full of power, that's full of wisdom, that's full of knowledge. And that's all he's got to pour out to us. He's just waiting on us to enter in to what the covenant already calls us to do. It's to be thankful and give praise unto him. Did I help you today? Well, I want you to stand to your feet. Praise God. If I helped you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus.